Taken to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, brought to you tonight by DraftKings. Want to get a head start on your daily fantasy season? Then go to arenasportsnet.com right now and click on the banner at the top of the screen. DraftKings, daily fantasy sports for cash. And Richard, as always, please play responsibly. And I always do, Rick. We are Fligger and Briggs right here on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome into the asylum. And we have a busy week to cover because I tell you what, if your draft hasn't happened, it's coming up this weekend, oh, and football is right around the corner. It is draft week, buddy. I can't wait for us. Check us out. Get your questions in. Next time we're on the air next week, it'll be time for lineup questions, and you can send those to at AsylumFootball on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Coming to you tonight again from Studio B, site of Rick, the Caveman Draft 2016. Yes, indeed, and it was uh, quite the draft, I must say. Uh, you know, I walked out last year with my chest puffed out thinking I got this baby in the bag. Anytime you do that and we crown you the champion, because yeah. twice we've agreed with you. Right. It's not just you being right. a Area. dork. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, crap, Briggs mopped the floor, and I don't think yeah. you made the playoffs either season. No, actually, I'd made it last year, right. but I cobbled together a team all year long. But this year, I walked out. Oh man, I don't know. Hey, what the warming up to the team? We'll cover some of that later yeah. on in the show. Yeah, we'll get into that a little later. But let's get into the headlines. We're going to play a little fact or fiction later. We will recap the draft. We got a full mailbag. Well, what we're going to preview wide receivers, tight ends. I don't know how much of this we're actually going to get to. We were going to have a good friend of the Asylum's former Super Bowl champion, Patrick Johnson, on tonight. Couldn't seem to get the schedule uh, matched up. Hopefully we'll have him on next Wednesday before the season starts and uh, get his thoughts on especially the AFC North because he was a Baltimore Raven and we are Steelers. And we've, uh, if you've listened to the Asylum over the years, uh, we had some pretty good discussions. Yeah. Well, you do. I just fanboy out. I still get all excited because he's got a Super Bowl ring, and I'm a geek. So <laughs> you're used to it. You used to play beer pong with Jack Nicholas or whatever it was <laughs> you did in your past. So you're not quite the jock sniffer I am, and I'm jealous of that. I'll, I'll give you credit for that. But let's get started here, Rick. The big news, of course, happened as we were drafting here for the yeah. Caveman Draft. Tony Romo. Out six to ten weeks, broken bone in the back. And I'll tell you what, Rick. He's he, done. He's going to try to come back in, in ten weeks. I, I Hey, this kid, his, his uh, kid, he's my age. His career's over. Stick it's a sad. fork in it's him. Over. Yeah, exactly. He tried to come back from that collarbone last year. You saw what happened. And, look, Tony Romo, thanks for the memories, but – I have no more from you, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's just it's a shame and it's got you don't want to use the word brittle, but you know, he's he's gotten brittle, Rick. You know, pure and simple. I don't think there's any other way to put it. So it's sad to see you buying into Dak Prescott at all. Well, I I'm starting to buy into Dak Prescott more than that drick they had last year, but he's still a rookie. Let's let's face facts. This kid we all saw Andrew Luck in his rookie year. How many picks this kid was throwing and so forth. I mean, this is, this is what you're going to have to expect from Dak Prescott in his rookie year. 
Yeah, he looks pretty good watching these some of these uh, defenses in the preseason, but he's going to have a lot of teeth to cut, you know, in his first season and trying to fill the, the role of starting quarterback and leader of that team is very difficult. Yeah, and I, I think it brings down yeah, here we go. I mean, here's, you know, Terrence Williams last year was his third year, you know, the, the quote-unquote breakout year. Didn't happen with all that Dreckett quarterback. I mean, this was going to be his basically his third year again. I just don't see it. I mean, I see uh, Des Bryant coming down in value. Jason Witten probably going to stay about the same in my mind, you know, because it's a nice little safety valve for right. a rookie quarterback. And maybe Zeke Elliott becomes a little more valuable. You would think, and I, and I, I wanted to get to him. I don't know if, if I had him slotted in anywhere else in the show or if we had a question about him. I know it was about four series in a preseason game, but I'm prepared already to backtrack a little bit on my consternation about Zeke Elliott. He, he looks like the real deal. I mean, he the does. absolute real deal. Um, look, Prescott, he's an upgrade, to use your word, Drek. That Drek they had last year, he's a major upgrade. He's not going to be as good as we we saw in the preseason. Of course not. He's going to make horrific mistakes. This team, let's just say Tony Romo comes back in week 11. He misses the full 10 weeks. He comes back in week 11. They're going to be with Dak Prescott through 11 games. I don't know if the bye week's in. They're going to be 3-8, and 4-7. and seven. They're not going to go an over like they did without Tony last year until the last week of the year. But it's going to be ugly. I think they're going to be competitive because they can run the ball. Yeah, I worry about Des Bryant a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. This hurts everybody a little bit. Maybe it helps Zeke. Maybe it hurts him because if you don't have a lot of fear of the passing game, even with that good offensive line, it gets harder and harder to run in the NFL if they don't respect your passing game. So, Elliott, you know, since I didn't have high expectations for him anyhow, mistakenly, (laughs) I'm starting to think, yeah, he might stay level to me. Des Bryant takes half a step back. Witten, he, he may take a half a step forward, to your point. I, think I love up- a steady tight end with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I and I think that. it ups the ante on Alfred Morris as well. Here's, here's a veteran guy that has, has proven a lot, still a lot of gas in the tank. Having and, a great camp. Yeah, he's having a great camp. camp. He's in great shape. Darren McFadden's out breaking his elbows trying to save a cell phone. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I really like – some of the value on the on the Dallas lineup, but some of it I don't like. Terrence Williams is one of them. Des Bryant's, like you said, a half a tick back. Uh, who else? I mean, there's you know, there's nobody else I have. Cole Beasley's no big deal. He's he's inconsequential. Jason Witten maybe a slight tick up, but probably at least level. Yeah, I think we lose another year on Terrence Williams. I agree, quite frankly. So moving on, speaking of quarterbacks who unfortunately career may be over, Teddy Bridgewater yesterday, Ooh. Rick, out of nowhere, non-contact. The, the ultimate was he ended up uh, tearing his ACL, doing all kinds of other Dislocating knee his kneecap. Well, and they're reporting today what happened, and I can't wrap – first of all, it makes me squirm thinking about it, and I can't wrap my mind around how this happens on a non-contact play where the – I hope I'm saying this right – the tibula – separated itself tibia, from the fib- tibia. tibia, separated itself from the fibula and caused everything to dislocate and tore his ACL. How does that happen? 
I don't know, but I, I can tell you one thing. It is gruesome. And from all reports, there were actually players on the practice field throwing up. Throwing I mean, up, it was just. And they say the I mean, quick it's response of the training team may have saved the leg. We're not talking about the, you right. know, coming back to play. May have saved his leg. That's right. how serious that injury was. Exactly. And, I mean, it, it's to a kin of a Joe Theismann um Robert Edwards, you remember him running back from the Patriots? I remember Probably. the name, yeah. Well, I don't remember his injury. Had a had a great rookie year with New England, and I believe was was selected to the Pro Bowl. Was out in Hawaii, and they were doing um, uh, flag football or whatever on oh, the they beach. Used to play that. Yeah, I remember that. On they used the to beach, do that. tore his knee up. Actually, broke an artery. Oh. In his leg, as well as touring, tearing his knee up, and yeah, fortunately there were doctors there that actually saved him from dying right on the beach. I mean, it's just so many things that can happen. It's so strange. I mean, this was a non-contact injury of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and I, we see non-contact ACLs, MCLs all the time. It it seems to me that if it's your time for that to tear for whatever reason, that just happens. But how do bones separate? Because they didn't say anything about a break, and I don't understand how all this works. What I'm picturing is the well, you know how your arm the has the ulna and the radius. You have the two arm, the two bones here in your forearm, all right. where your lower leg has the same type of two bones. Now, are they just sitting on top of each other? Well, no, they kind of, um, you know, you have the 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 main bone. Okay. Um, I'm showing Rick my arm you know like the the ulna and the radius the radius is the main bone and the ulna is the one it's kind of like a you know shaped like a bow all right and and it's connected up here and connected down here so i mean i'm i'm assuming that the leg probably came apart if my elbow's the knee okay if what you're saying it's yeah, separated, it's separated. That's what had to have done it. And they obviously that dislocated everything, and that's going to tear Excuse the Excuse me, I'm going to go throw up. Oh, <laughs> we just terrible. described all this so, nonsense. You know, I don't know what you say. You know, Obviously out for the oh, year. Oh, God bless. Good luck to him. He may never play again. And God, I just hope he walks again the way yeah. this injury sounded. I don't know, Rick. I didn't have any big faith in any Minnesota wide receivers. Stephon Diggs was a guy I liked in later rounds. He was a bye week guy for me. I don't think it affects Adrian Peterson. They've known Minnesota's running first Peterson's entire right. career, and he just did it anyhow. But I really like Teddy Bridgewater oh, yeah. being Kills back the there much better than Sean Hill, even though their numbers are fairly similar yeah. if you look at them. You know, there's a reason Sean Hill's 37 and really hasn't had any starting gigs. Right. I mean, you know, he's just not he's one of those. He's a really good backup. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, they, and, and but they're going to miss Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, this is a team that won the division last year. They're not going to make the playoffs. Does anybody have an easier road to the playoffs now than the Green Bay Packers? Detroit's, well, Detroit. And, and Chicago. Chicago stinks. And now, you know, Bridgewater, who won you know, game manager, whatever you want to call it, right. with that defense, with Adrian Peterson, led that team to a division title. You know, you take that away, cakewalk for Green Bay. But we'll save the predictions for next week. There's a spoiler for for next week. Exactly. We'll NFL preview. Rick, Trevor Simeon named Broncos starting quarterback. Mark Sanchez doesn't even play in the dress rehearsal the third game. I think he's going to be gone. Paxton Lynch, in, Lynch is impressing in camp as well. Trevor Simeon, yeah. week one starter. We'll see him a week from today as you're listening to this on the Arena Sports Net. 
you buying it for Demarius Thomas? Look, we know what the defense can do. Look, I mean, you saw what I wrote in the the fantasy Greeks, you know, draft guide. I mean, I think Demarius Thomas is still going to be overdrafted this year. He's still going to be good. I mean, he's still going to be solid. You know, we've talked about this over the years. Even crummy teams throw the football, and oh, somebody's going to catch it. They're going to throw it forty times. Yeah, a game. so I mean, he Demarius Thomas 19, is still but... going to be good, but I just don't think Denver's going to be in the position that they were last year. And they may be forced to throw more than they really wanted to or want to as opposed to like last year. I mean, that defense dominated. It may still dominate this year. I'm not sure. But if they're in positions where they're forced to throw more than they really want to, that's where you're going to see the problems. Yeah. I think the only solace you take as a fantasy owner and I think as a Broncos fan is if you read back, and we didn't pay any attention to it at the time, from the very beginning of Trevor Simeon ending up in Denver, Kubiak has sung this kid's praise. Right. And I'll say this, Kubiak knows a thing or two about quarterback play. Yep. He's never had a superstar, but he cobbled together messes everywhere he's been. He knows a thing. John Elway knows a thing or two about quarterback play. Maybe every once in a while you get one of these dark horse kids. Like, I think Emmanuel Sanders is the one that's hurt the most here. I think it bodes well. Where I think when we cover the uh, caveman draft, we're going to talk a good bit about C.J. Anderson, which seems like all we've talked about for two seasons now. But just interesting, something to keep an eye on. But how about <laughs> Mark Sanchez was a fifth overall pick in the draft. Somehow, by hook or by crook, took two Jets teams to an AFC championship game and now can't beat out Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch on a team with the best defense since the 2000 Ravens in the NFL. Well, look at Trent Richardson. <laughs> Number three overall, he's not in the league any longer. So, I mean, you know, hats off to Mark Sanchez. Yeah, yeah I guess it, yeah, he got his. Yeah, exactly. He'll never, he'll never hey, work I think we need to get, we'd be a little remiss if we didn't uh, mention, it's really not sports-related, but, you know, didn't mention the passing of Gene Wilder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that guy was hysterical. I, well, I mean, you funny. ever seen Stir Crazy, the Silver Streak? Uh, you know, of course, Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the producers, uh, Blazing Saddles, if, Young Frankenstein. If Blazing Saddles is on, I can't turn the channel. I'm the same way with Stir Crazy. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I never saw Stir Crazy. Oh, you have to I him need to Richard go back Pryor? and find oh. it, but hearing all the radio shows and podcasts, because that's what I do, I hardly watch TV anymore. Right. I'm obsessed with that. And everybody who did sort of the memorials of him talked about that, and I've never seen it, so I need to go back and check Definitely. it out. Definitely. It's him, uh, Richard Pryor and him made uh, the Silver Streak first, and then I think Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy, to me, was freaking hysterical. And Gene Wilder was brilliant. Young Frankenstein, another brilliant movie he wrote. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Parts of it. Great. I've never sat down and watched it. Great movie. Um, and, and, of course, Willie Wonka, as good as Johnny Depp was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, man, Gene Wilder was way creepier. Yeah, I never <laughs> saw that. Yeah, there was a real pedophile vibe, and I'm sure that's what they were going for. Acid trip meets pedophilia meets... You know, it was like a statement on big business. I think I don't know what it was. Yeah, but it was the creep factor. That's what it was. It yeah. was brilliantly done. I never saw the Johnny Depp version. I, I can't stand a remake. Certainly, watch uh, Stir Crazy. You you will enjoy yeah, it. I'll check that one out. So, all right, Ladarius Greenrick for Steelers put him on the pup list out at least until Week Seven. Why you are thumping your chest over there? Why why are you thumping your chest? 
obviously you haven't read the fantasy Greek draft guide as well either. <laughs> Guess not. I think they can hear Mr. It. Briggs. Did you predict Of course, this? Jesse James. Oh, yeah. The value, buddy. Undervalued going in here. I told you back in April it was his freaking job to lose, and he was not going to lose it to Ladarius Green. Well, you were right about that. So on the pup list, uh, a rare bad move, you know, overspending type of move for, for the Steelers. Uh, the kid's got all the tools. I don't know. Hopefully they can get him healthy and get on the field. He's had the tools for years. He couldn't beat out an aging Antonio Gates, who, by the way, is still there. Still going. And been forgotten about in fantasy circles, yeah. but it's still going. All right, Rick, let's do it. We've got uh, about 12 minutes left in the segment, and that's all the time we're going to give to it. I feel like it's our obligation. Colin Kaepernick refuses to stand for the uh, – for the national anthem in uh, their last preseason game, says he'll continue to not do it. Here's his quote. I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. Go ahead, Rick. I don't necessarily even want to touch this. It's okay. Let, let's just look at... Um, and, and you know, my wife and I have been talking about it. We were talking about it on the phone before the show. <laughs> yes, you were. Um, look, this is the United States of America. All right. Now, this is the only, I, if he's going to protest it, the issue that I would have with it is, number one, he works for San Francisco in the NFL. If they're fine with it, I'm fine with it. This is a free country. You are allowed to protest it. No matter how misguided I may think he is, right. it makes no difference. Now, my wife did make a point. Yes, he is allowed to do it, but is he morally right to do it? That's all just a judgment call. And in my mind, I certainly wouldn't. I think he's way off base um, not to stand and recognize the flag of a free country where people have died and let this guy be free to protest. Right. Okay, yeah. I'm sure no matter where you go, there, there's some uh, misgoing-ons on both sides of, of you know, the police force, the, the, the good guys and the bad guys, however you want to look at it. And if somebody commits a crime, they need to be arrested for it and so forth and, and get them out of there, no matter what side of the law you're on. However, it does not take away from the sovereignty over your nation that allows you the freedom to do this. Right. And so, but anyway, getting back to the original point of it, a lot of these people, you saw some of the, the tweet battles I was having earlier today with some of these knuckleheads. It was, yeah, he needs to go to Afghanistan yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, the whole... Or the other side, he has a moral obligation yeah. as an African-American man yeah. in this country to well, do this. So let, let's let's hit Rodney polar. Harrison. There's nothing... <laughs> let's hit Rodney Harrison, <laughs> who criticized him for doing it because he wasn't black. Okay, now, let's hit this issue real quick. Go back 150 years ago to, say, like 18-whatever, 60-something... And a white guy said slavery is wrong. Is somebody, and they had Twitter back then, are you going to say, what are you talking about? You're not even black. Right. Duh, if it's something that is morally wrong against humanity, it doesn't matter what the hell color you are. Right, right. 
And, and, and I mean, that's for like Rodney if Harrison, Twitter back then, so that would have been said exactly. And for Rodney Harrison to attack him, saying he's not black, so now he doesn't have the right to protest it, is ludicrous again. Right. So I mean, yeah, you defend Cap one way, you bash him another way, then Rodney Harrison sticks his ugly head up, you defend him again. Right. So there's many. Look, he has the right to do it. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. Um, do I think maybe something is wrong in the country? Yeah, maybe. But I, I just don't think it's the proper stage. But he's allowed to. The NFL's okay with it. San Francisco's okay with it. Let it go. Here's what His I, play sucks. Nobody's going to be talking about him in a couple of weeks anyway. Do you think he's smart enough to set this up? And I don't think he is, but the real cynic in me. Is he smart enough to know he's getting cut? He was getting cut before he did this. Yeah. Now he's going to get cut. Is he smart enough to use something like this to steer the narrative to now you can say now he's a celebrity, almost a celebrity community leader instead of just a guy who forgot how to play quarterback and got cut. I don't think he's smart enough. And I don't want is to be Is he trying that to be, him, be another Michael Sams? Oh, I got cut because I'm gay. That's oh, I'm where, cut because I'm protesting now. That, that's is that my, what you're saying? That's where my mind went a little bit. But at the same time, I'm not sure he's smart enough to do that. That's just a whole other issue. Yeah. And if he is doing it for that reason, shame on him. Right. But it still is the same issue. Hey, it's a free country, pal. Yeah. You know, take what you get, you know, as far as you know, the repercussions. Right. But, hey, it's America. Yeah, and here, here's my take in the in the couple minutes we have left. I think we all agree that Colin Kaepernick has the right to do that. I also agree that his employers, fans, consumers of football in the NFL, and everyone else has the right to be offended by it and club him over the head with it. Do you know what right doesn't exist? And it's the right I wish I had to invoke to not care. That's yeah. the one you're not allowed to have. Because I'm going to say something here that you're not going to see on social media because this, this doesn't exist anymore. You're not going to hear on radio shows. You're not going to hear on this type of show. I don't know, Rick. I don't know what's right. I don't have the perspective of an African-American going through whatever that community's going through right now. I don't have that perspective. I don't have perspe- the perspective. I'm never in the military. I'm not in law enforcement. I don't have that perspective. So I don't know which is right there. I don't have the perspective of how important it is to the team, to a locker room, that we all stand up. My, my, all, all my knowledge on that is in the first episode of Hard Knocks, Jeff Fisher said one thing that's very important to me is before every game we stand up for the national anthem, and here's how we stand. All right. Obviously, this doesn't exist in San Francisco. Right. So, Obviously. So, so my point is, of course, he has the right to do it. Of course, law enforcement. Of course, veterans. Of course, very patriotic people are going to be offended by it. Of course, people in the the Black Lives Matter movement and and this cultural shift that's going on are going to side with them. And that's all okay for me. I don't have the perspective. It's just not that big a deal. And that's what you can't say, right? right? And that's what I felt like 
what you were getting just <laughs> pinballed around on Twitter for the last two days was you were saying, look, he has a right to do it. I don't know if it was right or wrong, you know, but I loved your point. It's all right with the 49ers. It's all right with the NFL. So irregardless of what I think, I guess it's all right yeah. from, from a football perspective. You're not allowed to have that. It was like the whole Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner thing. My take on it was I don't care. I don't think he or she's a, a hero, <laughs> and I don't think she's a creep either. It's whatever. Go with God. Do your thing. I feel the same way with this. Well, the thing, another thing, by, and I know we're running out of time, but another thing that bothers me is I think it's Flor- Florida State University wide receiver Travis Jester. Just happened to go to a, a cafeteria. There's I saw that. Little yeah. autistic kid apparently sits by himself all the time. He sat down there and had lunch with him. A teacher actually happened to take a picture of it and send it to the kid's parent or something, and then that's how it kind of got circuit. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it for a photo op. He wasn't doing it. He was just being nice nobody wants to talk about stuff no, like that no. this you know is the it's always time. something controversial that generates anger generates hate you know it can't be doing something nice no no that that grabs the headlines no well this is a society we're living in and i've i've come to the decision i've come to the mindset rick that in general we're not as divided as we think we are here's the problem Everything on this planet has become on demand, right? Right. I get on Twitter. Who do I follow? The the people I'm interested in, the people's point of view I tend to agree with or am interested in. What news do I watch? Well, whatever one tends to sort of give me the information in a way I'm comfortable getting it. Where do I get my entertainment? I just told you before we even got to this. I listen to podcasts now, you know, my certain talk radio. I'm a bit of an audiophile. That's the stuff I like. And we're all doing this, so here's what's happening. Everything from our perspective and what we're comfortable with is being funneled to us directly. We have no more tolerance for outside opinion. So the people of the mindset that what Colin Kaepernick did was the greatest thing in the history of civil rights in America, that's what they're being fed. And you saying either you don't agree with what Kaepernick did or you don't care. Whoa, no, no, no. Look, everybody I know, everything I see tells me this is right. Flip it to the other side. Same way. Everything right. the person B gets is funneled in is this is terrible, this is bad, he's just showboating, he's just my cynical view on he's doing it to set up his next career after he gets cut. That's all that I'm being all that's being funneled to me. And so when somebody stands up and says, No, no, you gotta understand what he's doing for the greater good. Well, that's blasphemy. Look, everybody I've ever heard agrees with me. Who are you? And I think the world, it makes us appear more divided we are. Because I think at the end of the day, most people say, all right, I like it, I don't, whatever. But it doesn't change anybody's life. Let's quit acting like it does. This is 2016. Something comes up tomorrow. Say, like, for example, I don't know, just pick a player. Andrew Luck decides to stand naked on top of the stadium with a with a black glove on his hand over his head. I would support head. that. No, well, I'm just coming I'm with up with you. anything weird. Colin Kaepernick's totally forgotten. Nobody right. could care. I mean, he could sit there for a thousand national anthems and 58 Lord's Prayers, and, and nobody will pay him any mind, you know, because it's something new. All right, personal opinion. We've got a minute and a okay. half left, so real quick. Does the standing, not standing for the national anthem, all that important to you? Or does it feel like it's a go-through-the-motions thing at this point? Um, I 
personally, I don't think it's the proper stage. I think it is disrespectful for the country, to, to the flag, to the country, that allows him to do that. But, again, like I said in the point before, it's the United States of America. You're free to protest. Right. I don't agree with it. No, I don't. However, he's free to, to, you know, I disagree with him. He doesn't care. I don't care if he disagrees with me. That's what makes this country great. Yeah, and you can't Simple do that. Simple as that. Sort of my take on it is, yeah, it's a show of respect. And it, if for whatever reason you choose not to do it, at the end of the day, just in general, like if I'd found out some other player with no political agenda, I hate to minimize what he's trying to do by calling it that, but without a political agenda, say you ran back into the locker room or knelt down on one knee or ran and took a leak or something, I wouldn't be that offended nothing. Tim Tebow knelt down and prayed, and he got destroyed well, for that. You know, if it. you want to protest something, Colin, why don't you refuse to play that, yeah. and not take a paycheck? With a, show, that show, same flag on the back of the helmet exactly. you're putting on your head. Exactly. That stuck out to me a little bit. Right. But whatever. I just want the right not to care. I, yeah. I, maybe, and maybe, we don't, we're the asylum. We don't have to because we're crazy anyway. Maybe that's me just walling myself on a bu- in a bubble and only caring about what directly affects me. And I'll cop to that. Just leave me alone. Am I allowed to not care? I, I get both sides. I don't have either's perspective. I've got it pretty good, and so I just want to keep that going. Because, again, at the end of the day, Rick, it's all about me. All right, well, you, that's it. You're listening to the Asylum Sports Show exclusively here on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. We'll be back right after this. Hey, welcome back to the Asylum right here on the Arena Sports Network. Hey, this Sunday, join the Christmas brothers, Brian Snow and Peter Wiseman, as they break down the 2016 NFL season. It's the Arena Sportsnet NFL Preview Special presented by United Games. We kick off live at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and break down the entire season for you, the fans. The Arena Sportsnet NFL Preseason Special this Sunday live at 2 p.m. Eastern with replay at 10 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. Getting it done over there on the Arena Sports Network, Rick. The Snowman, our new man. I, you I like got that, man. I make sure you follow Brian Snow, Golden Voice Snow on the on Twitter. Is that what it is? Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to hit back to um, – we like to cover this guy. And, and I'm sure Dean loves being covered. Oh, another another from Dean. Former Asylumite of the Year, See, and if Dean you be, from Connecticut. If you become an Asylumite of the Year, you don't have to wait until the last segment in the mailbag. You basically get your own segment. Exactly. But anyway. Dean uses that other email that I never see. I need to program that one in my phone. Steen was, or Dean was Steen. Uh, the... <laughs> Old Steen. Well, he, he, he sent uh, a little email named stern lecture which is what he was the target of last oh, year of was, he, was he lamenting the tongue lashing he got yes and he said he felt like he was in the principal's office last <laughs> week and, and well deserved but um he, he said he wanted to set the record straight that he only strayed one time from the asylum wisdom. And you know what, Dean? That's all it takes, it's the pal. Only time, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't win a title, right? <laughs> exactly. So, like, we took him to two in a row, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And then he told us to pound sand. And, and yeah, and he finished. started off 0 and 5. Yeah. So guess what? You got what you deserved. <laughs> all right, don't beat up. A, he got his beating. All right. 
But anyway, he did bring up the Sunday morning inside slant, oh, which right. will be what? Not this coming Sunday, one, but next Sunday. One week from Sunday, ten o'clock a.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, ten o'clock to eleven thirty. We take live calls. It is a live show. We'll take calls. We got emails, the mailbag. And uh, we will help you set your lineup and win your legs. But anyway, Dean wanted to know if we could come up with um, some top 15, top 10, uh, top 15 wide receivers, top okay. 10 tight ends. And I said his wishes are command. And by golly, we have them. Yeah, yeah. I, did. I didn't even know why I was doing the homework. I was surprised when you texted me out of the blue last night and gave me an assignment. Now it all makes sense. So. Exactly. So, yeah, I put it together. I don't know how you want to go about it. We agreed pretty much in lockstep on the running backs last week. Right. I have a feeling when I sat down, because really, since we haven't been putting them up on the website, I haven't paid a lot of attention to rankings. I have in my head about where it is. But when it comes down to draft time, I tend to go with the flow. So so my rankings tend to go out the window. So when I sat down, this is – from my heart, no input from anybody. This is how I feel the top. I, I did 12. I, you said 10, now you're saying 15. I, I hit it in the middle. I, I did top 12, your number one wide receivers. A couple of guys just outside of it I threw in. But I think we're going to disagree here. So so why don't we just – we'll go one for one, Rick, I guess. I'll start it out. I don't think there's any debate. We both have A, B, right? Oh, definitely. So we both have him at one. We both have Odell Beckham at two, right? Yes, I think here's where we're already going to agree. You got Julio at three. I do have Julio at three. I've got DeAndre Hopkins at three, Rick. You, you know how I feel about old Nuke. That's my guy. I know a lot of people have worried that, that the emergence of Lamar Miller, how that might cut into his production, worried about Osweiler. I watched them play in the dress rehearsal there last week, and he's still the first option, the second option, and the fourth Quite frankly, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I think Osweiler is good enough to get the ball to him. He's better than that that other group of guys. I moved him up there. I, I did okay, I mean, that. it's not a big deal. I got Julio at three. I got DeAndre Hopkins at four. All right, I've got Allen Robinson at four, Rig. I have, I have fallen madly in love with Allen Robinson over the last Yeah, I mean, we are, we are different. Okay, you're at four. Okay, I'm, a, I'm DeAndre Hopkins. So right now you have Brown, Beckham, Hopkins, Hopkins Robinson. Robinson. I have Brown, Beckham, Jones, Hopkins. All right. All I right? got Jones at five. Okay. I got Jordy Nelson. Okay. Jordy Nelson, a guy. I got all the way down at ten. Okay. So, that, so yeah, that's somewhere I'm, we disagree. I might be sleeping on Jordy Nelson a little bit. I mean, this is all based on, okay, Jordy Nelson's – Knee is repaired. Right. Jordy Nelson has confidence in his knee. Mm-hmm. If that takes place, I have no problem with him at five because this is a dynamic offense. I mean, we saw two years ago he was like number three or four wide right. receiver. Randall Cobb was like number 10 or 11 in, in fantasy scoring. This is a great offense. Yeah. So if he's healthy, if he's confident, I have no problem with him at five. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, rather than do it this way, why don't you go through your whole top whatever, right. and then I'll come in and do the same, and we can talk about what okay. we disagree. Because okay. I think we're way off from each other. Okay. Here. Real quick, Antonio Brown, Beckham, Jones, Hopkins, Nelson. Okay, now we go to six. I got Allen Robinson. Okay. Number seven, Brandon Marshall. Number eight, A.J. Green. 
Number nine, Amari Cooper. High on Amari Cooper. Number 10, probably going to surprise you, Jarvis Landry. Oh, wow. Okay. Number 11, Golden Tate. Number oh. 12, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, a little, wow. little surprise or little concerned with Fitzgerald at 33, and he's tweaked a little bit in camp. Still think he's going to be there. Demarius Thomas at 13, Mike Evans at 14, Brandon Cooks at 15. So did, did you not say Dez still? You threw 15 with no Oh, Dez. I'm sorry. I forgot to have Dez Bryant. I have him tied with Amari Cooper okay. at nine. I'm All sorry. Right. Yes, right. I skipped right over him. I had them at a dead even tie. All right, so I go – Brown, Beckham, uh, as I said, Hopkins, Robinson, five, Julio. I got Brandon Marshall, six, A.J. Green, seven. So a lot of this doesn't matter. We got the same players. Right. No, I got Mike Evans all the way up at eight. This is a cat I love. PPR monster. Now, this is a PPR ranking. Right. Because he just doesn't have the amount of catches as some of these other guys. Is yeah. why I have him down lower. Name, you know, I guess you can name Vincent Jackson, but, but he's about a week and a half younger than you. Name the other wide receivers in Tampa. That's what I like about Mike Evans. Oh, I, I agree. He, he's the only option. He's kind of like Des Bryant in Dallas. Right, exactly. I, I agree with you there. I got I got Amari Cooper at nine. I think he's a guy that gets slept on a little bit. I know in the caveman draft you got him the start of the third round. You know, we're talking well, – I've only got him a spot or two behind guys that went in the middle of the first round. So, right. <clears throat> I don't know if it's Oakland bias. I don't know what it is. Amari Cooper – He's big, he's quick, he's got good hands. And I'll tell you what, if Michael Crabtree wasn't there, he'd probably score 14 touchdowns as well. Crabtree just talks so many TDs from him. I got Jordy down at 10, maybe a little too low. Alshon Jeffrey at 11 and Des Bryant at 12. Yeah, so there's not a lot of – I really, you know, and I know I probably take a lot of of heat for not having um, – God, my mind is blank. Um, Elshon Jeffrey okay. in my top 15. The Bears, I'm not convinced about the Bears. And Jeffrey, I mean, you have to, I guess you have to assume these guys are going to stay healthy. That's what what but, I try to do. But it, it's it's hard with him. I mean, I mean, he's right there, don't get me wrong. But you look at, with the exception of, of Jordy Nelson, these guys are basically all healthy. Right. Yeah, Des Bryant did break his foot last year, but I mean, you know, I don't know. And and Des is a lot like Jeffrey, very physical receiver. That's why I don't have him in a top fifteen. I got him at sixteen. Right. But and and I'll take some heat for that. But I will put Jarvis Landry over him right now. Jarvis Landry over a hundred catches last year. I mean, I'm using him as an example because when I said Jarvis Landry, you went wow. Okay. I love it. I love it. I didn't have the I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger on that, but I love it. You know how I feel about yeah. Thomas Landry. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, in Golden Tate, I think we saw what Golden Tate did without Calvin Johnson two years ago. Right. I think he steps right into that. Stafford's got to have a guy. It's not Eric Ebron. No. I mean, it's going to be Golden Tate. And if Marvin Jones lives up to exactly fifteen percent of the hype, and the hype machine has gone just into orbit with Marvin Jones for some reason. If there's even a modicum of truth, here's what we know. We've disagreed about Stafford over the years. I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking, but at the same time with making bonehead plays and disappearing, this guy's going to throw for 4,000 yards. Yeah. Golden Tate and maybe Marvin Jones are the only legitimate offense weapons exactly. in that offense. 
Point being, he's going to throw the ball 40 times a game. Yeah, point being, he's going to stink as a fantasy quarterback. Right, right. But he's but, going to throw 40 times a game. <laughs> exactly. 4,000 yards still gets distributed to some of these yeah, receivers. to amongst three or four right. guys for the most part, and, and probably three guys You know, at the end of the day between – between Tate, between Marvin Jones, and a plethora of running backs, yeah, Abdullah you know. slash Ebron or who, whatever tight end right. they're, they're utilizing that week. So, yeah, Tate, I think he's another one that gets now. As I look at both our lists, and a guy who I was teetering on not on that top twelve, and he comes to my mind. I still don't, and maybe foolishly, don't see him as a number twelve or above. I see him as mid teens. But I've done three drafts in the last seven days between the Caveman, my home league, and one other league, one new league I'm in. In every single one of them, very early on, it was the first pick of the second round, it was between 111 and 2-4, Keenan Allen's been taken. Right. Is this the, the short memory syndrome of fantasy owners taking us down a little bit? We've tended to, to keep ahead of that. It's taken me down. I am going to pay for not having Keenan Allen in my top 15 one of these years, but I need to see a year where he is a top 10 or 15 receiver without getting hurt, carrying his team, leading his team. Look, I know what he can do. I mean, we saw what he started out last year at. He was averaging about 12 catches a game, I think. That may be hyperbole, but it felt that way. I'm I love Keenan Allen and I wish I could put him in there but I think really if it got right down to it if I had to pick I don't know just whatever your round that we're at that I would take any of these guys over him for that simple reason and, and we go I go back to the Elshon Jeffrey analogy these that kind of stuff scares me now you saw him I was scared to death of Jamal Charles going into this year. Right. And I look like I'm not that far off base right now. All of a sudden, reports coming out. He's behind schedule. He's not going to be practicing. He's not going to be playing. He's taking, you know, we have to take baby steps till he gets that knee confidence under his knee. Those, those kind of injuries, that stuff scares me. Keenan Allen, he's coming back from a devastating injury. I don't know. I have to see a little bit before I'm going to rank him right up there. And, and I think another thing to factor in where my consternation with Keenan Allen comes, I try to put the injury stuff aside. I, I know you can't always do it. It's something you keep in the back of your mind, and it may be a tiebreaker. My real problem with Keenan Allen is the San Diego Chargers, Rick, stink. They just stink. And I know Phil Rivers can still fling <laughs> well, the ball Well, that's the thing. A it's kind of like a Matt Stafford. He's going to throw for his 4,700 yards. Yeah, I just I worry that team stinks. And Keenan Allen historically even was it 2013, 14, whatever the real big breakout Keenan Allen year was, he was like a Doug Martin to to use a clumsy analogy where it felt to me like he'd have a 13 catch for 120 carry or 120 yards and he'd take two or three weeks off and then have double digit again. There was never that true consistency out of him, save for that first handful of games last season before the injury where it looked like he was going to lead the league in receiving, and it just went away. So Keenan Allen, I think you're right. We may pay for not having him in that top 14 or 15, but as a fantasy owner, I'm avoiding him. You know, When I look at the caveman draft down here and I see him being taken ahead of the the likes of, in order, 
Nelson, Bryant, Marshall, Jeffrey. You know, it, it's till we get to Cooks, Thomas, Watkins, and then somehow Cooper goes after Cooks, Thomas, and Watkins. You know, a lot of people disagree. It seems like we're in pretty much agreement. Maybe our order's off a little bit for the I most mean, part, but we're within two or three slots on pretty much everyone. And there, there's guys that I had given a lot of consideration to. Number one was Elshon Jeffrey. Number two was Keenan Allen. Number three, another one that didn't make my list, I don't believe he made yours, T.Y. Hilton. No, not I mean, all you know, everybody's talking about Andrew Luck coming back and it's going to be – look, they've got a running back that's 33, 34 years old. T.Y. Hilton's not that big. So, I mean, you need – a lot of stuff in place for him to be really dynamic. I think he's going to be solid, don't get me wrong. But, you know, and Dante Moncrie's another one. Everybody's right. really high on both these guys for, for the Colts. I'll tell you what, there's a guy I had last year. I was playing him in a flex in our – it was a three-wide receiver. He was basically my fourth receiver. I was playing four receivers, playing him in a flex. Right. And he was crushing people till Luck lacerated that kidney right. or spleen or whatever it was. He lacerated, and then he completely disappeared. Hilton still sort of got his, which is why I have confidence in Hilton. Mm. Not, not at this level as a low two, high three in a three-receiver league. You know, probably a low two. I got him as a three, which is why yeah. I'm thinking of him that way. But I, I went three straight receivers, so I probably wouldn't. He'd probably been a two on most normal teams, a, a mid to low two. I see him that. I'm not sure he's spectacular. I'm not. Yeah. He doesn't belong in this upper echelon, but, but he's going to get his. But any of these guys, I mean, Watkins is another one that, that I gave some consideration to. Do you, but, do you buy him? I buy him. I'm not comfortable Am I buying I Buffalo Watkins? and everything? I don't. I'm, I'm just. I'm a little leery of it. There's too much inconsistency there right now. A lot of people are looking for a big year from, from Shady McCoy. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him go through a year not totally banged up because then you have a solid run game and a running back that can catch. It certainly adds to the, the uh, legitimacy of the pass game, which I think Watkins is is certainly a great athlete. But... And somebody, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Well, you know, Hogan's really going to solidify it. it yeah, don't, don't bring I, me Hogan. I'm, I'm, I know it's Jeremy Macklin was another guy that um, that I thought of. He's going real early for me in but, a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, I have to look back. We just mentioned Jamal Charles. You know, reports are he's behind schedule. Alex Smith is the Smith is the quarterback. You know. Yeah, I like Macklin, but it's not he's not a top 15 guy to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and he goes, what, early in the – late in the fourth. In our, so, so about right in the caveman league. I'm, I'm done with ADPs. I'm going to base everything on what happened in the caveman league, considering we all finish seven and six or six and seven every right. year. Right. So it seems to work out pretty well. So I, the thing to me with Sammy Watkins, I avoid it. I own no Sammy Watkins, and I don't anticipate owning any unless he falls to about the fifth round somewhere, which he isn't going to do. What I can't do is explain why. Here, here's one of the, those classic Rick Flieger <laughs> discussions where I don't know why, because for whatever reason, I got the warm and fuzzies for Tyrod Taylor. I feel like this is a guy who's ready to take a real leap forward. I think he took a big step forward last year, and I think he takes a leap forward this year. This kid's the real deal. It may be short-term. He seems like one of those type of quarterbacks with the running ability, the strong arm that can string together two or three years where you think, 
you know, Robert Griffin, like you, where you think the league's about to change, and then it reverts right back to where it is. Right. I'm high on LaShawn McCoy this year, but for whatever reason, I don't know. Sammy Watkins, he's kind of thin, you know. Yeah, maybe he almost looks frail yeah. to me. When he plays, he gets his hand on. Uh, if he gets his hand on the ball, he's going to make the catch. But I, I can see games with, with Rex Ryan and with Tyrod Taylor and in Buffalo and with the weather where they run the ball 45 times. They're just Sammy Watkins is going to be, in my mind, the type of guy who has these big, fantastic games, and then you don't hear a lot from him for weeks at a time. Right. Perfect you know flex what? guy for me, but you're drafting him as your second or your third I th- receiver. I think maybe you just amended my top 15 That's what for I me. Do. You're welcome. You are welcome. Just because of the inconsistency and the way Drew Brees loves to spread the ball around, I'm going to put Keenan Allen at 15 in place of Brandon Cooks. There's another one that makes me nervous. And because I really think the upside of Allen, he is the guy with Phil Rivers if he's healthy, where Cooks could be the guy for three weeks in a row and then disappear for three weeks. In New Orleans. Bold prediction. We haven't done a bold prediction segment yet from what I've seen, from what I've read, and from my ample gut, which is where most of my stupid predictions come from. Michael Thomas leads the New Orleans Saints in receiving yards this year. I truthfully believe that. Brandon Cooks may lead in receptions. Willie Sneed touchdowns and then Thomas will be in yards. You're probably right. (laughs) But I think Michael Thomas is the – Saints receiver Could I want to own, if for nothing else, based on value. You know, where did I take Michael Thomas? I made that a big stink about it when I did it, too. Right. I think it was in the 10th round. You're getting him for nothing in that offense. Cooks, we, we've never had, since Joe Horn, we haven't had that consistent guy in New Orleans. Week in, week out. Here's Even our Colston one. wasn't consistent no, like no. Horn was. Right. No, and he took a bad rep. I think if Marquise Colston was anywhere else where he was the true number one, he wouldn't be the punchline of so many fantasy football right. jokes that he became. And this is a guy you and I used to fight over in the mid to late rounds of every draft because you slid him in there. He might crush your soul every now and again, but then he'll go out he'll catch eight right. for a buck and a half and two touchdowns as well. Like I said, he was the punchline of so many fantasy jokes. I think it was the situation, and as long as Drew Brees is there, I don't see that changing. I agree with you 100%. But, you know, I, I, I am amending it. I'm, I'm putting Keenan Allen at 15 and taking out Brandon Cooks. Let's go on to tight ends. Yeah, that's all right. Let's, uh, make sure. we got 10 minutes, so Okay, let's do it. That'll do it. I, I only did a top 10 tight end because – 15 is too many. I as did far 14 because wow. they, Aren't they you ran something. And because I went way off the reservation again on the on the tight end. Well, I mean, I think we can agree that probably Gronk is number one. We disagree. Really? Okay. Jordan Reed for me. All right. See, Jordan Reed to me still makes me nervous. I oh, think because I of his scared. soft head. I am scared to death. In fact, I have him at three. So it, you run around through yours and I'll run through mine. All right. Jordan Reed at one. Greg Olson at two. I got Gronk at three. I think you. I think you can almost guarantee Gronk's going to miss three or four games. Plus, he's playing four games without Tom Brady. This could be complete foolishness. 
but I would feel better with Jordan Reed or Greg Olson. That's what I base that on. These this that ranking isn't even necessarily based on my belief right. that either one of those guys will have better statistical years. It's what I could pilot on my team. Although if Jordan Reed plays sixteen, he'll blow Gronk's numbers away. I'll go on record as saying oh, that. I might yeah, with Brady over, missing four, yeah. You know, at Asylum Football on Twitter to call me an a hole. But if if Jordan Reed plays sixteen, his he laps Gronk. I, I truthfully believe that. But anyhow, so Reed, Olsen, Grunk. I got Zach Ertz at four, Rick. This guy is tearing up the preseason. Loved him in the offseason. This is a guy I am targeting all over the place. I got Kelsey at five, Barnage at six, Gates at seven, Walker at eight. I had him higher, and he's got this weird – did you hear about this weird health thing he has going on? Uh -uh. Left the week three preseason game. His blood pressure was through the roof. He couldn't catch his breath. He was hyperventilating, and they didn't figure out what it was. They did blood tests. They did everything. No clue what was going on. Stuff like that terrified. Now we're we're not talking about fantasy football and football. We're talking about a young man's life. That is not good. Uh, Zach Miller from Chicago at nine. I got Tyler Eifert at ten, only because I don't know when he comes back. I if week five last report, yeah, I, I reserve saw. the right to. There's been rumblings he could be back in three. If he's back in three, I reserve the right to move him up to about four. I think that's how good Eifert is. But if he misses five or six games, I think tens where I got him as my tight end too, and I couldn't be more excited in the Caveman League. Julius Thomas, 11, Dwayne Allen, 12, and I round out. I don't know why I went to 14. That's a weird number to stop at. Really? I round out with Fleener and Ebron. Okay. Fleener, a guy I want to talk about after we go through your list. All right, well, I got I got Gronk at one, and I certainly don't have any heartburn with you moving him to three. With Brady missing four games, that, that that's fine. I got Greg Olson, too. You know, you can't convince me anybody – is more solid than, than Greg Olson. Number one, Jordan Reed might have blow his doors off numbers-wise if he stays healthy. That's but I'm going to tell you something. Greg Olson's going to stay healthy. Yeah, you're going to sleep better. Yeah, I'm going to sleep Although well. he's been nicked up. There's been three separate times There's I'm sitting around while I'm supposed to be working reading the Twitter and it's, you know, Greg Olson just left the practice field. He's limping. Greg Olson holding his elbow and left the practice right. field. And I'm waving my arms over my head, and I'm starting to text you. And I read the next story. Oh, it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's just trying to get fantasy owners a stroke. They stapled his elbow together, and he's back <laughs> out in the field. Okay, I got Delaney Walker at four. I'm sure sniffing talcum powder probably raise your blood pressure, but he's all right. <laughs> Zach Ertz, I have at five. I, I really like I so think he's going to have a breakout. So yeah. I thought I might get some pushback. No, I think he's going to have a breakout year i got kelsey at six i got gates at seven we, we agree there um i got gary barnage eight i got julius thomas nine i got witten at 10 i, I think he's going to be a safety somebody valve. i left out i got a, i think he's going to be a safety valve for uh prescott um i'll go on record i'll, I'll say um I, I like Dwayne allen at 11 mm-hmm. i really like this guy in new orleans um you know, Zach Miller, I Indianapolis. think. Indianapolis. I mean, Indianapolis. Fleener, I like in New Orleans. He's right behind uh, uh, Allen. Zach Miller, I like. But i tell you who I really like, who's, who's off everybody's radar, and I've been touting him since whenever, Jesse James. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be a top you know, 10 by any stretch. I mean, Heath Miller never was. No. But this is going to be a serviceable tight end, too. He's going to be a low end one. Yeah, he's going to get I, I really six or think seven he's going touchdowns. To, yeah. Assuming I think Green he's, doesn't come back. And, and I don't think he's going to. He's way behind from 
this so-called ankle injury way back <laughs> whenever. More to it than that. There then they turn around, it's headaches. Well, then it's denying the headaches, and it's just my ankle injury, and blah, blah, blah. He's on the pup list, for crying out loud. Yeah. From some little minor surgery? I yeah. mean, he's 20-something years old. There, there's some type of skullduggery right. foot there. Eifert no I'm not that. high on. In a, in a, Even if he comes back healthy. It's still week five. You're right. You're right. Fantasy, yeah. Fantasy-wise, it's over a third of my season. And point number two? He's not duplicating that touchdown total that he had last year. And you take away whatever, of course, the five games now. But even the the, t- the touchdown average per game, his receptions are way down. Right. Compared to a lot of other tight ends. He made it with touchdowns last year. He doesn't get the touchdowns. He's not worth it as much to me. So, I just wonder why you think, other than, you know, if you – I don't know if this is the right word because I'm stupid – aggregated or whatever, if you throw those five games out from the day Eifert comes back right. to the end of the season and you look at that chunk, you don't think right. he's going to be on par? You think those touchdown numbers that's are going to drop? That's my point. I don't, yeah, you I think th- they are. Well, that's what I wrote in the Fantasy Greeks draft Oh, well, then it must be true. That he was overvalued <laughs> coming into this year. This is before he was even out because it was touchdowns. His receptions were far lower than Benjamin Watson right. and a lot of these other guys. If you have a guy that's that uncoverable around the goal line, I don't know if I can make the leap to say it's reasonable to expect those touchdown numbers to go down. Well, Because they're still good enough to get to that position, and he still, in my mind, is the closer. You that stupid you're missing the first analogy. five games. No, I'm just no the five that games. Just me. I agree He's with. missing the first five games. I, yeah, you can't. Does argue he come that. back that strong, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, well, how's it's just a little trepidation, I, you know, trepidation there coming. I, I want to stick with trepidation. Yeah, uh, we like yeah, to make really, words I, here I really, on this side. See, that's one thing when we talk over each other, boy. We we come <laughs> up with we change the English language. Trepidation. Yeah, well, trepidation. We, we got a title how for this show. It'll be nice. Trape edition would be even better. I wonder what that would be. I don't know. Is that like the plural? Could be. That would be cool. Edition. I don't know what it is. What the hell are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> Tyler Eifert. Oh yeah, old Tyler. But uh, I don't know. He gives Tyler. me a, he gives me a lot of pause over some of these other guys, even coming back. I just don't know. You know, if it's the Tyler Eifert we saw last year coming back in week five or six. Right, and, so. and, and you worry about it. I think the touchdown numbers will still be there. Well, I got a minute left, Rick. One other guy I got my eye on, rave reviews out of Jared Cook up there in Green Bay. I know you're a Richard Rodgers guy. Yeah. They love Jared Cook. Cook was a guy who never lived up to his potential. He came in with that Antonio Gates-type potential in St. Louis, never really lived up to it, goes to Green Bay, rave reviews from all their beat writers. I mean, Jared I know Cook could be the next freaking Greg Olson. For all, for all we know. But, you know, that's where, I mean, you, you have to gamble on this guy. Right. You're either going to win or lose, obviously. But I'm not convinced yet that Richard Rodgers is out of the picture. I mean, this is a 10-touchdown guy last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Never a big catch guy. He was sort of like your discussion with Yeah, with I don't know Eifert. what he had last last year, 56 catches, yeah, something like that. But, but he had a knack for the end. They always yeah. have that guy in Green Bay, going back to Bubba Franks. 
every single week. Yeah. One catch, four yards, Mark and a Chimura. touchdown. Yeah, every single week they put up those numbers. All right, Rick, well, we got a break here. I Hopefully we've helped you out with the receivers and tight ends. When we come back, the world has been waiting, Rick. The game that it continues oh, to sweep the sweeping nation. Sweeping the world. It is fact or fiction here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, exclusively on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Hey, folks, we hope that you all are enjoying our programming here on the Arena Sports Net family and networks. We'd love for you to become a monthly patron by logging on to patreon.com slash arena sports net. You can help us continue to bring you great programs such as your boys here on the Asylum, Snowman in the Morning, and others, and help us achieve our top goal of bringing the spotlight back to the student-athletes. So get on it. What patreon.com slash arena sports net. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Help get a guy on. out. Hey, and to go back to the DraftKings thing, we do it at the beginning of every show. Yeah. Top banner, arenasportsnet.com. You're playing DraftKings anyhow. Help out your boys. Head over to Arena Sports Net. Doesn't cost you any more. Just enter it through that. That's all you gotta do. We're not asking for anything else. Exactly. I mean, just get off your butt and do it. As hey, simple as that. Quit being cheap. Quit being cheap. That's what I tell you. All right, Rick, it is time once again. Now, we're running the video feed here, so unfortunately you're not going to hear what everyone wants to hear, Rick, on the video feed. But here on the audio feed, it is time once again, my friends, for... There it is. Yeah, baby. Fact or fiction? You're missing out on this. So if you're watching the video, head on over... Uh, asylum fantasy sports stuff. it is the game that is sweeping not the nation but the world the entire world and we're looking to take down the i mean i think now. we are in like 105 different languages now fact really? or fiction oh yeah what do i sound like in portuguese um kind of like a drunken spaniard <laughs> all right sounds about right <laughs> yeah that sounds about right. and la- ladies and gentlemen we did have the um the caveman draft this well, we past Friday. We did. I think I know where you're about to go. With <laughs> and speaking of drunken music. Spaniards, <laughs> it was a pleasure to watch this buffoon sitting across from me. He got started quite early. Now, I was at my son's, uh, he's a senior in high school, and... Now, I could real easily twist all of this into your fault, but go well, ahead. Of course it's my fault, but it doesn't matter. You were um, You got started early, and... Not only was he a slurring, obnoxious drunk, <laughs> he was also a flopping stand-up comedian that just thought he was freaking hysterical. Well, I was putting on a show. I was butt oh, funny. You, oh, oh yeah, funny. to you. You were just dying. <laughs> I was cracking myself it, up. It was a ride. Now, but, in my defense... Because I always, you know, remember when they brought us down the uh, Ten Commandments of Fantasy Football, and not getting sloppy drunk was a big part of it. Right. I held it together to about round ten. I was probably annoying up until mm. that point, but I think my draft reflected that I still had my wits about me. But come the end of the draft, it was what about one in the morning? The draft bottom line lasted about an hour too long. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what it you know. What time to. I left your house? Uh, no, I don't. Two o'clock in the morning. Ooh, yeah, see it. I got up at four thirty <laughs> and drove to Pittsburgh 
you know, to do my uh, weekly Saturday morning shtick for our uh, store. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was quite tired come Saturday. I had no problem falling asleep. No, I don't imagine. <laughs> I imagine you went to bed 15 minutes after the store closed on Saturday. No, actually, I went home and finally, you know, got something to eat or whatever. I think I went to bed about uh, 10 o'clock that night. Ooh. And That's a rough stretch for a, a man of your age. And I don't think I heard anything until about quarter after 7 the next morning. <laughs> I mean, you think about that, you know, well, quarter after 7 is early. But, I mean, you figure 10 to seven is what nine nine and a half yeah, hours and it was just solid solid yeah, yeah. That, that's a pretty good run so yeah to uh, everyone in the caveman draft that i may have offended or hurt your feelings I, yeah i don't really <laughs> give a damn yeah it, it was a perfect confluence of events it was moved in order to accommodate so you could go it was see awesome man we were, i really appreciate yeah hats off to you i mean this Studio B was the was the Came site. Came big again. Didn't it, it was it was awesome, I and mean, I think the future home of the Cape. I think drives, it is. I think. And let, let's hit on something else. Oh, all right. You know, all this. I don't even know what to call it. You know, it's still a clean show, but all this scuttlebutt about zero running back strategy, yeah. this, that, and the other. Looking at this league, we did the first two rounds. You have twenty four picks. Do you have any idea what the ratio was, position-wise, in the first you, two rounds? I bet you it was pretty close to 50-50. It was 12-11 to 1. Gronk being the one. I yeah, see. Gronk was the one tight end. 12 running backs, 11 wide receivers in that the first two, first two rounds. That surprised me. I went back-to-back wide receiver. I mean, there was two of us that did that, right? Yeah. Yeah, me and the number three overall. Pick. Yeah. And really, that wasn't even my plan. Quite frankly, you know, I was kicking around. Well, <laughs> let's get to it. I mocked everything at 10 for whatever reason. I thought yeah. I was picking 10. Found out as the draft begun I was picking 7, so that changed everything. So I would mocked Allen Robinson and planned to get uh, Jamal Charles coming back. It was my plan picking at 10. I stuck with it. I love Allen Robinson that much. You saw I have him, what, fourth in my rankings now. Yeah. So, so I rode with it, and Brandon Marshall falling all. 100 catches falls to me in the middle of the second round. I couldn't let it go, so my plan changed. Yeah, exactly. And I ended up going three in a row because as it turned around again, there was no running backs left that excited me. So I figured, what the heck, let's just let's wrap up receiver now and I can focus on running backs the rest of the way out. So that's how plans change that much. Oh, there's no doubt and then about that. by the 10th round or 11th round, I was blitzed out of my well, mind, yeah. so it didn't matter. But it, it was the perfect confluence of circumstances. So we move it here to Studio B. So I don't have to drive anywhere. That's a big deal. That makes a big deal for me because it added. You added to your trip. A lot. I didn't have to drive anywhere. Folks showed up earlier than I expected, and me being the host that I am. I didn't eat enough. I don't drink very often. I'm not a good alcoholic like you are. <laughs> so everything sort of came together. Plus, I work at home. Now I do the show at home. Everything I do is at home. So I'm not around other than you, and I don't consider you another adult. I'm not around other adults. The only people I'm around are my wife, my child, and you. So I got other and people. And dog. Yeah, I got <laughs> other, now I got other people around to talk to and get me all whipped up into a frenzy. It was the, it was the perfect confluence of circumstances that made a drunken fool out of me yeah i mean you know the drunk part i mean the fool's always there well, but that's the drunk true. part really just kind of hypes it up <laughs> yeah it, it intensifies the <laughs> personality you know all right rick for god's sake let's get to the game i'm a drunk once you're a drunk always but you handle it better than i do 
I was pretty overt in my drunkenness. It was, it was hysterical. All right, here we go, Rick. Fact or fiction, let's do it. I'm not even going to play the music again. A lot of this we've already talked about, but we're going to look at it in depth. Fact or fiction, the injury to Tony Romo will have a big impact on Des Bryant. And, of course, I'm hitting the fact button. All right. Yes, indeed. And um, I'll tell you why. Because I don't think Dak Prescott, as a rookie, um, is going to be nearly as effective as what he's looking in preseason. Right. I think it just stands to reason that Des Bryant is ticked down somewhat. Yeah. And I thought I, I thought Des Bryant was going to be overvalued coming into 2016 for the precise reason of the health of Tony Romo. Boy, that came to pass way before I thought it was going to. Well, yeah. And now it's it's all up to a rookie, and, and I think he's just going to be overvalued for 2016. Yeah, I think I guess it depends on what your definition of a big impact is. When you're talking about a potential mid-first-round running or receiver falling to the early and middle second round, which is where he's fallen in every draft I've done, since the Tony Romo, I agree with that. So you're still talking about a number one wide receiver here, but you're not talking about top four or five potential. No, this is a guy that was right up there with your Andre Hopkins, yeah, with your right Julio Hopkins Jones. Most of the time. Okay, but now he's down nine, ten, yeah. right, right, like that. I mean, that's that's a tick down. Yeah, and I think for good reason because. Look, as we talked about, Dak Prescott is an upgrade. I think, again, maybe we're putting too much into the preseason, but it looks right. So he's better than anything they've had out there, anything they've put together last season in terms of backup. He's going to have those rookie games. He's going to run into defenses that completely confound him. And another thing I think about, when he runs into those and he's not getting to the, the ball to Dez when he's open or not getting it to Dez on time, what happens? Dez is going to have a meltdown on the sideline, yeah. and he can take himself out of a game. You see receivers. I saw some behind the scenes with Larry Fitzgerald, and he is just riding Bruce Arians and riding Carson Palmer's butts last season about, get me the ball, get me the ball. I'm doing the you know all this jargon I don't understand. Get me the ball. And it's productive for a guy like him. And you could tell you know, right. the coaches at Palmer take it that way, and it motivates Larry Fitzgerald. It's the complete opposite. Look, we know who Des Bryant is. It could take him out of a game, and there's going to be chunks of games and chunks of the season lost because of Prescott, be, a rookie being a rookie, number one, and Des Bryant being a Des Bryant, number two, sort of like my confluence of events that led to my sloppy mess on Friday night. I think you're going to see the same thing right now and again. I think he's still going to get his. He's still going to be a, a number one, but he's going to be a lower-end number one. I agree. All right, Rick, in the same vein, fact or fiction, the injury to Teddy Bridgewater will have a negative impact on Adrian Peterson. I'm going to say it's fiction. Uh, um, I, I really am because I don't think they're run first anyway. It's Adrian Peterson. You have to stop this guy. You know they're going to run first. Right. And they never can seem to stop him. So I really – and we've seen this guy carry the team on his back. And granted, this might be the last year he's able to do it. 
Probably. If last year wasn't it, you worry about, I don't, you know, he's hit that age. Yeah. You I don't w- think the bottom falls out this year, but I didn't think it was going to fall out on Sean Alexander the year it fell out on him. Right. Exactly. You never so, see it coming. I'm going to say no, only because uh, Adrian Peterson is a machine that we haven't seen in generations. Right. For the length and breadth of Adrian Peterson's career, everyone knew he was the game plan heading into every game Adrian Peterson played. Right. There was no hiding it. There was no secret. And save for the Brett Favre year, he had terrible quarterbacks by and large around him, save for that breakout Brett Favre year. We've had, what, Christian Ponder. We've had – you name the losers they spun through there. And last year as Teddy Bridgewater started turning around. So he's done it with bad quarterback play before. He's done it with defenses keen 100% on him. He's just a freaking robot. That's all there is to it. I don't think it has a big impact. I agree. All right, Rick. Fact or fiction, if healthy, both DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry will finish the season as top 24 running backs. Oh. I hope I hit the button right, but uh, for the audio. Yeah, for, the, for those of you at home. Yes, on television. Yeah, I think so. If they stay healthy. I mean, I'll tell you what, DeMarco Murray looks like a beast. In preseason, and I'm very, and very Derek impressed Henry with him. Better, yeah. And I was just <laughs> see, you steal my thunder. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can say it. We'll pretend I didn't do that. Okay. Back it up. I'm really impressed with uh, Demarco Murray, and Derek Henry looks better. Don't be damned. <laughs> All right, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> but no, you're you're absolutely right, Rick. They both look great, and you're talking top 24. Yeah, that's a low threshold in fantasy football. Exactly. These days. So I I think. Easily, yes, if they're healthy. I'm starting to believe, to the point of Derrick Henry being better, right now we're seeing – I think Murray's going to keep starting these games as a courtesy of him being the the high-dollar veteran. Mm-hmm. I think Derrick Henry gets more work in the end. As the season progresses, Derrick Henry's going to get more and more work. So here's how I see this thing breaking down. I think Derrick Mur- – DeMarco Murray, Derrick DeMarco Murray, Henry we'll just put and Derrick Henry. <laughs> I see DeMarco piling up carries and rushing yards early in the season while Derrick Henry piles up touchdowns. And I think we see that pendulum swing to where the end of the year, I think this is – I think then Derrick Henry becomes the Ricky Williams to DeMarco Murray's Ronnie Brown. I think it swings that way. I think they both end up with fantastic numbers. The one I want is Derrick Henry because I think at the end, I think at the end, Derrick Henry's got top twelve potential even with DeMarco Murray taking care. Yeah, of Yeah, I mean, you hit right on Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams. I think these two guys could be that if they stayed healthy. Now we know Ronnie Wo- or Brown didn't stay healthy that year, right? But who was it? Was it Forte and Jones? Mm-hmm. You know, back way yeah, back. There was when, a time Forte was Thomas Jones, right? Lightning to to right, and I mean that this could be this could be a real dynamic duo on a team that's not all that good. No, that's gonna be their offense, but it may not be. I mean, you still have you know you still have um, Mariota and Walker, and you know I mean they still have a few weapons there that's going to be able to let them be the, a very, very solid running team. Right, right. You know, you can't – I think they're going to be 
versatile enough where you just can't slam eight in a box and say, okay, no. you're not going to run against us, then they can hurt you bad. No, a guy like Tajay Sharp, he's looking like yeah. if they're able to throw the ball with that running game, I think Tajay Sharp could make himself a weekly fantasy flex play every week. That kid's looked that good so far in the preseason. All right, Rick, uh, where are we at? Oh, factor fiction. With the Denver quarterback situation being what it is, Demarius Thomas will continue to be a number one wide receiver. <sighs> number one. Well, you got to go back through your rankings now. Remember what you said. Number one's. Uh... Ah! Oh, it's, fact, it's a baby. positive. I think he will. Very low end. Okay. I have him ranked at 13. Which there are leagues of fourteen teams. Okay. Oh, there you. Go. I like that. That's a good out. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he can make a very low end one, um, especially in in PPR because you got guys like Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, who I had in there. That you, you know, my biggest knock on some of these guys, they just don't have the number of catches because they aren't always the guy. Mike Evans is the guy, obviously, but he. He tends to not have the – he's not the 100-catch guy. He's, he's the big play touchdown guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think Demarius Thomas could be a low end. You know, and here's a guy that we haven't mentioned. I want to get your take on that. I know we're in fact or fiction, but so what? Yeah. Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, this is a guy that nobody you – know, we made fun of him because he was – Whoever he was going after, you know, I've got the ring, and he didn't even do anything for Seattle's oh, Super Bowl yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, then he starts off just like Doug Baldwin last year. Then the second half of the season blows the doors off of, of most other wide receivers numbers-wise. Yeah, Does this continue? Down. I mean, we don't have beast mode anymore. I mean, you know, it's fallen to Thomas Rawls. You know – Russell Wilson, I, I mean, I think this is he's an elite quarterback. Don't right. get me wrong. But I, I'm still really mixed on Doug Baldwin. He's not one of those guys that I'm really targeting, saying, boy, I, I want to get Doug Baldwin. Right. Because it's just – I just don't see that he's going to be this consistent stat machine that we saw the second half of last year. I think we're going to fall back – Probably elevated somewhat, but still inconsistent numbers. Yeah, th- this is one. I- I'm like you. I'm torn on this. So here's my take on him. I own no Doug Baldwin. Maybe it's me just taking the coward's way out. But here's here's where I look at it. Again, it's impossible to ignore what he did the second half of right. the season. Uh, just a torrid pace. Did he surprise some teams? Number one. You, you brought up Marshawn Lynch. You take him out of that offense now. I think you know you got Rawls, who who I like, but he's he he isn't beast mode and he's banged up. And whether or not you buy Christine Michael, point being, there's questions at the running back position. You got Tyler Lockett, nice player, scary slot right. guy, great kick returner. Anybody else in that offense that scares you? How about Jimmy Graham? Does he scare you? You know what I, I said know, was going to happen well, to Jimmy Graham. You're yeah. right. You're no. right. I, I swung and missed on now. Name another receiver you're scared of in Seattle. None. That's it. So if you if you're not as fear if you're not 100 percent fearing the running game, so then now right now there's only two things that really scare you, really scare you when you take on Seattle offensively. It's Russell Wilson, 
which I don't know if you can contain him. He's going to beat you with his legs or he's going to go over right. the top and beat you. And it's Doug Baldwin. Is Doug Baldwin the type of guy? Is he a Dez Bryant? Is he an Antonio Brown? Is he a Julio Jones who can have all the focus on him and perform and put up those numbers he did? I don't think he's that guy. Now, you know, I, re- I reserve the right to <laughs> amend my opinion in week four, but I- I'm going to say no. I think now – He's woken folks up. The, he's now the focus of that offense for what he did in that last second half of the last season. Right. So I think, yeah, he's probably more valuable than what he had been up to that point, but there's no way he keeps up that type of play. I agree. Not to justify the numbers he's put. I agree. Up. All right. Oh, we got plenty of time for lots more. Rick, real simple. Fact or fiction. The Marvin Jones hype is justified. I'm going to say fact in that, yeah, I think he comes more into his own now and becomes a legitimate part of a pretty good offense where for some reason in Baltimore he never could. And Or Cincinnati. Or, I mean, why do I, I don't know why I always um, equate him to, to Baltimore. But Cincinnati was one of the – I mean, it was the A.J. Green show. Right. And Muhammad Sanu was also there. Marvin Jones now goes – and he's clearly the number two. Right. And you don't have that dominant receiver there any longer. No. Okay? No. So it's him and Golden Tate. So, yeah, I think he is going to be a very legitimate – wide receiver too because i don't believe number one in the run game in detroit and i don't believe in eric ebron no uh, certainly so that leaves me with two wide receivers and a quarterback that can throw for four thousand yards somebody's got to catch it i think marvin jones makes a huge step for himself fantasy wise and personally obviously and is he going to be a fantasy superstar? No. But I think he's obviously a wide receiver, too. Yeah. I was ready to go fiction on that one, and I was going to make the argument, how many years did we sit here and say there's got to be a number two that can put up numbers in that Cincinnati offense opposite A.J. Green, and Nor Jones or Sanu could never pull it off. Right. I was ready to go fiction there, but the more I think about it, and when we talked about it earlier on in the show – I've talked myself into being a Marvin Jones guy for the simple fact of whether or not it translates to game, winning games, whether or not it translates into Matt Stafford being a viable fantasy quarterback, which I don't think is going to happen. He's going to throw the ball 35, 40, 45, 50 times a game, by and large, to two people. And we all buy into Golden Tate to a degree. Yeah, of course, theoretically get a few and right, so forth. But, right. yeah, and exactly. Ebron, and there'll be seven other tight right. ends you've never heard of who will catch passses. You know, I don't know, is Brandon Pettigrew still there? Yeah, who, who knows? knows? But by and large, to two guys. So one of the guys who we know can catch passes, we know can run routes, and is look good in camp. Yeah, it almost has to be. Almost by default, where I don't buy into Marvin Jones, if you put him into most other situations, I think this is the perfect situation for the perfect receiver. And I'll be honest with you, we mentioned Muhammad Sanu. I look for him to take a step forward in Atlanta. It's a nice offense to be in. He's he's taken the place of Roddy White, for crying out loud. And is he going to be Roddy White? 
certainly not. But I think he is legitimate enough to fulfill the role that White no longer could. White couldn't get away from me right, his last right. year. It was sad. I know it broke your heart. <laughs> it did. I your had, boy. Yeah, I had drafted him, and I had him for I don't know how oh, many years man. we've drafted mm, together. You two had a long, longer, healthier relationship than I've ever had in my <laughs> life. But I think Sanu, stat-wise, I think he's going to be a very legitimate fantasy player. He's in an offense that is loaded with weapons. And Matt Ryan's still a top fantasy quarterback. Say what you want about the Falcons and what they do in the playoffs. I mean, right. you know, Matt Ryan's a modern Tony Romo. Give him to me on my fantasy team. Now, here's what I wonder about Muhammad Sanu, though. So for why I wanted to fiction Marvin Jones, I kind of want to fiction Muhammad Sanu. This situation sounds pretty similar, doesn't it? Yeah. He's the opposite of a top five Other than Golden Tate is certainly not Julio Jones. No, but I'm taking them back to – Oh, okay. Cincinnati. Right. right. So you're the if he was the number two, I don't know. Let's argue that. So you were the opposite AJ Green, Muhammad Sanu. I think we've had him as sleepers how many different times? Right. And it never panned out. Now you pick him up, you move him to Atlanta, and we're making the argument, and I, I've made it too, that he's going to be opposite Julio Jones with a quarterback that's kind of disrespected but has a rocket for an arm and an offense that throws to the running back a lot. Here we go, Gio Bernard and, and Devontae Free. It's a very similar situation. He hasn't succeeded in it prior. Could he here? I, I feel like he could. I don't know why. I feel like while the numbers probably wouldn't bear it out, I feel like that Atlanta – Offense is a little more dynamic. I don't know if the numbers prove that out. So yeah. can he fill the Roddy White role? That's the question. Because Roddy White's role in that offense was much more significant than whoever the number two was in Cincinnati. I think that's why I want to believe it. But, boy, I could make the argument. He's going to the exact same situation, just in a different uniform in a different town. But the value that you're getting Sanu at in, in most drafts compared to a Marvin Jones – I'm not so sure Sanu may not be the better value because you don't have to pay near as much for him. Well, that's true, and if he hits, he hits. I mean, right. this is a guy, he's undrafted. This is a yeah. guy you can get in the last round. I don't, think, this is a, I don't think either one of these guys is going to carry you to a title. No, no, no. But they could certainly fulfill a roster spot on bye weeks and maybe even a, a flex spot it, it, solidly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones could be – I mean, he's going to be a wide receiver too. I shouldn't say wide receiver too because that sounds fantasy. He's a number two receiver in Detroit. Right. He possibly could be low end two. I'm going to say – I think he enters the season as a solid three. Yeah, I and agree. I could see him working himself up to right. two. I, it's probably fair. Yeah. I don't think he gets to one. I, no. I don't think he gets that. No, no chance. that level. All right, Ray, what do we got? We got time probably for one more the way we gab on about everything. So let <laughs> so me see. So we have see. 14 minutes. <laughs> I, I wish. All right. How about this one? I like this one, Ray. Okay. Kirk Cousins is a top 12 court fantasy quarterback heading into this season. Oh, my, oh, my. You know, and it, this is uh, – mm. We can't decide. All right. I think he's going to stay just out of the top 12. Okay. I like Kirk Cousins, but I think there's guys, and I'd probably have to think about it, but obviously Rodgers, Breeze, Rivers, Ben, Ryan, Eli, um, I dare say Fitzpatrick. 
Um, oh, wow. So you have, really, when you start saying those names, you got him in the teens somewhere then. I mean, you have to look at Fitzpatrick. This is only a second year with the Jets. With the weapons that they, that they have there, I mean, there's Bortles again. I mean, I, I think Cousins, I just don't like. Pierre Garçon's another year older. Deshaun Jackson's a cancer. Um, Doxon just started Matt Jones has now. a bad shoulder. Chris yeah. Thompson. Well, they got no running game. No. None. I mean, there's just, I mean, it's Jordan Reed. Right. If he goes down. Oh, it's all done. I mean, that's why I say he's just, I, I can't put him in as, as a top 12, which is a QB1. Yeah. I mean, there's 12 guys that I would take over him. And, yeah, Fitzpatrick is, is one of them. I mean, if you've got Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, you've got uh, Matt Forte and Belil Powell in the backfield who both can catch the football, give me Fitzpatrick any yeah. day of the week. You make the I, I like Kirk Cousins. And, and when you sit down and you break it down, are, are the weapons really there outside of Jordan Reed? I don't know. I just loved what I saw out of the kid last year. And, and betting on himself – yeah, with the with the franchise deal, with everything he's done, not signing the long term deal last year, there's something there. There's a fire to. Look, he won a lot of games at Michigan State. Now, I hate going back to college because God knows I don't know how to evaluate college talent. He comes in, he sits behind Robert Griffin, he steps in. He always got a bad rap because all those times Griffin went down, Cousins came in and he lost game after game after game. My opinion, those were on bad teams. If you look at his numbers, his numbers were good. Right. He got a little bit of talent around him. They are going to throw the ball a ton. I think, here's my argument, they are going to throw the ball a ton because they got no run game. Zero. Right. None. That's that's if good Jordan point. Reed's healthy, I think this guy's a top twelve. And actually in the Dewey Mellon ball, he's my number one. I got Tyrod Taylor to back him up, but I waited real late to get my quarterback. Well if you had a Kirk balls. Cousins as a number one, I, I wouldn't say you were bad. I mean go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, I was just telling you one minute. Oh, okay. Okay, just quick. play our quick game. Cam Newton. Oh, Cam. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell. Palmer. Breeze. Breeze. Bortles. Bortles. Rogers. Rogers. Eli. Kirk. Not me. Philip. Kirk. Not me. Uh, Big Ben. Ben. Okay, Derek Carr. Kirk. See, that to me is almost a wash right there. See, I he's he's real borderline with me. I, I can't I can't say, you know, you got anybody's wrong putting him there. Yeah. To me he's just outside. All right, Rick, but well, we got to take a break. You're listening to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on Arena Sports Net and Arena Sports Net Radio. Welcome back to the Asylum Sports Show here in the Arena Sports Network. Hey, listen up. More high school football this Friday as the 2-0 Michigan City Wolves travel to Chesterton to take on the host Trojans in the Doonlin Conference opener for both teams. We start our coverage at 7.30 Eastern with the Hardy Homes of Valparaiso pregame show. And then Brian Snow brings you the play-by-play at the top of the hour. Michigan City Wolves football back home on Arena Sports Net. High school football season in full swing. College football starting in mass tonight and this weekend, Rick. It's officially football season, buddy. I love every minute of it. Uh, you and me both, and, and NFL season's right around the corner. One week from today. Basically, preseason's over with. You don't have to worry about any stars getting hurt now uh, in uh, preseason oh, Rick, anyway. Why? Not in a game. 
exactly. not in a game. I guess we can agree on that. But, right. uh, yeah, but don't I'll tell you say what, that. The mailbag has been filled up as we get closer and closer to as season I, opener. As I fumble around trying to find it, here's the mailbag. I got such a big, long show sheet now as this show has gotten too big for its britches here on the Arena Sports Never Network. too big for its britches. We just get bigger britches, yeah. see? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. That's right. My ever-expanding waistline. <laughs> Thanks you for that. All right, Rick, I pulled out some of the best questions. Thank you all. Remember, at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com if you want your questions answered. And that's going to be real important come one week from Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern, AsylumFantasySports.com and Blog Talk Radio for the inside slant up-to-the-minute news advice start sits and we answer all your questions take your calls the the whole shebang so you don't want to miss that asylumfootball at gmail.com get those questions in and jeremy rick from bridgeport connecticut he's already taken advantage of that this is a real simple one he's starting up a new league rick do you prefer ppr or standard personally i kind of like uh ppr um standard to me it, PPR just adds an added dimension to your strategy in your league. And that's just my opinion. I, I like PPR better. Yeah, I think – let me put it this way. Quite honestly, if it were me, Rick, and I were doing these expert leagues or, or people that really know what they're doing in fantasy football and I was doing a startup, I'd start it up standard. I think PP, I think PPR pulls the pack a little closer together. I so agree this is with, a new one to that point. If you're playing with your kids, your family, the all the girls at work or, or something, I'd say PPR. I think that brings everything closer together. I think it's more competitive. I think it's tougher to win a standard because you're not going to go out and have a bad week and put up a buck forty, <laughs> which happens now, which could win right. you any week in a standard league. You got to hit it right. You got to hit on your running backs, which makes it more challenging. See, I think and we've talked about it. The pendulum is swung too far in the PPR realm. Yeah, you're right. Although we say that and we have, I, I hate to call these cretins that I had in Studio B here on Friday night experts, but they get the job done. And as you said, we went 50-50 basically. I, I guess my opinion is probably from the more general sense you're starting a league there's probably a lot of inexperienced right, players right. and i think ppr is the way to go yeah i think it generates more interest it may keep your league together because you get some a few schmoes in there that go oh and 13 or 2 and 11 or whatever it is eh, i'm not doing this anymore yeah, yeah. you know but yeah you're you're right from a standpoint these so-called you know quote-unquote expert leagues or a really seasoned league you know with a lot of veterans in there yeah standard probably is the tougher test i think so and i'd like to see you these long-standing leagues these expert leagues i do the air quotes for the video we're on take three on our video hoping this one takes we yeah Pedro did some hardcore engineering during the break. Hopefully he's got it right this time because he's 0 for 3 so far. In you notice show. he's off camera. Well, we're not letting him on camera. He's a scary-looking individual. <laughs> yeah, you think we're ugly. Yeah. Well, well, he's so skinny you couldn't hit him with a handful of corn. I know. It's great. It's terrifying, <laughs> and I don't, I don't need INS beating on my door no. either, quite frankly. Yeah, so let's move on. Enough of that, Rick. Len from Indianapolis says he's already looking ahead to week one in his half-point PPR league. 
Who should he start alongside Adrian Peterson? And I hope I have problems like this as the season starts out. D'Angelo Williams or LaShawn McCoy? D'Angelo. Yeah, I don't care who yeah. else you have. D'Angelo is a top four running back while Le'Veon Bell's out. Right. Right. Yeah. Is there anybody other than Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, that you start over D'Angelo? I don't see anybody, quite frankly, um, other than maybe Gurley. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. I love McCoy. And I'm not even looking at the matchups. I, I don't know who Buffalo plays. I don't care. No. I know Pittsburgh plays Washington. It's not a run defense that terrifies me. Yeah, play D'Angelo all three weeks. Yeah, all three exactly. weeks. And then you can hope for Le'Veon to go down. Yeah, and you can just keep playing yeah. D'Angelo Williams. Now, I won't vote root for that because I'd like them both healthy as a Steeler fan. Exactly. As you can see on the video where we got a little infinity towards the Steelers here in, in Studio B. But you can certainly hope from that lean from Indianapolis. Here's another, I like this question, Rick. Mark from Westminster, Maryland. That's out near uh, Baltimore. Yeah, My okay. sister lived in there. That's where they used to train. There was a little college there. Anyhow, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Can you guys settle a debate for me? Sure. We can try, or we'll just end up debating each <laughs> other. We're starting a new league at work, and we'll be drafting this weekend. It's a smart move, waiting to draft. The only thing we can't seem to agree on is how to handle trades. I say that all trades should be voted upon by all the other owners. The commissioner insists that he should have final approval for all trades. Who's right? Well, okay, in a new league – I say, excuse me for that banging there. In a new league, I think, and I don't have any idea who's all in your league, but I'm going to assume you he guys. He said it works, so it's a bunch yeah, I know. of jerks. So you haven't been together and this, that, and the other. The entire league votes on it. Oh, okay. That's, that, the that's how I, say. I thought you'd In know. a league like ours, like you and I have, Rick, I've been the commissioner for I don't know how many years, and, you know, it's. I. Let's face it. I make the final say in all the trades. Oh, you've never vetoed a trade in eight no, years or because long it's even. it's a very legitimate right, old right. league. Right. In a new league, you're going to get like you know like the buddies at work. Hey man, you know I, I give you Jordy Nelson this week. I, you know I've only won four games. Blah blah. But you know this that yeah. You, know, you win, you give me a quarter of that. You know they're making bogus deals under yeah. the table trying to you know cash in. That's where I think the league, until until those guys are weeded out, which happens, it, it takes a few years to get yeah. some of these numbskulls to weed it out. That's where I go. Well, apparently we're not going to settle the debate for our, uh, for our friend Mark there down in Westminster because I firmly believe in any league, in any format, for any reason, the commissioner should just have final approval on trades. And, I, and I agree, but why. here's a, let me. I'm going to jump. Remember one of our best friends from the slant, Jersey. Yeah, Jersey in the house. He joined that league, and it turned out the commissioner and his nephew or something yeah. were in cahoots. They didn't know each other. I mean, they'd only been in the league for a year or so, and they pulled these shenanigans, you know, making these deals. And that was the case. He was a commissioner. Nobody could say anything. Are you ever going to get the votes to overturn deals like that? Of course you can. Maybe now and again. Because here's my thought on it. And maybe in, in those terms, maybe in a startup I can agree with you. But, but here's something I think about. The first thing I think about why I want commissioner approving or rejecting all trades is 
you see it far too often when they can vote for it. When you're trailing a guy by one or two games in the standings and the playoffs are coming up, every deal that guy ahead of you makes looks unfair. And you're going to veto it just to sandbag it. That's the obvious yeah, you reason. You could do that too. You're you, right. You, you want to join a league with a commissioner you trust and you want that commissioner making those decisions. Number two is one you wouldn't think of. But I've, I'm in leagues where you do this vote deal. So I make a deal Friday night, Saturday morning. You know, I got injuries, I got buys, I get a deal put together to keep me afloat on Sunday. Those vote periods are two, three days. You can't make a deal on Saturday. Whereas I can make a deal Sunday morning, I can call True. you up, say, Rick, me and uh, me and uh, Tonelli just made a deal. Can you hop on and approve it real quick? You'll look at it. If it's fair, you approve it. I can get, turn around a deal in a True. minute. So it sort of bogs down everything in the league. And quite frankly, and here's the biggest reason. And I've left leagues. I've thrown people out of leagues when I was a commissioner. I refused to. I'm not a commissioner in any leagues anymore for this reason. When you give folks the ability to vote on stuff, anything basically, but this specifically in season, it leads to drama. Right. One thing I can say about this group of Cretans in the Caveman League, in any league we're, we're currently in, there's just no drama. You come in, you draft, you make trades. Now, maybe because they're all bad people and you can say awful things that would <laughs> lead to drama. Well, that's what makes it good. In, in other leagues. But basically, you have final say. I don't think you've ever been legitimately questioned for anything. Nobody's ever griping and carrying on legitimately. You know what I mean? And I right. think this leads to hard feelings. It leads to perceived slights. You know, I get your point if it's a startup with 12 dummies from the break room at work and you don't know who's who and what's what. But I think if you see that stuff going on, you do like Jersey did and you just say, I'm out. You know, you know what? I think we will settle this debate. Oh, I'm going to confer to you. Around to my yeah, way I mean, because, I mean, being in the commissioner's seat, you know, for all these years, and I was commissioner in numerous other leagues. I mean, I think that is the the fairest way to do it. Like you said, you know, a Sunday morning or whatever, right. quick quick turnaround. Hey, let's get this deal done. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So yeah, and I even forget the the writers. That is uh, Mark. Mark, get a, get a good commissioner. And since you're worried about it, maybe you ought to be the first commissioner. Yeah, be a co-commissioner. Have two. Exactly. And, um, yeah, do it commissioner-wise. I think I that's like a good it. idea. See, I brought you around to my way. I'm very persuasive, Rick. I should go into politics. Only well, if you make a decent point, which is very seldom. As long as there's no video from Friday night, or I'll never get elected after that. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things that came out I of my I believe there mind. is some, is as a, a matter of video? fact. And, and one of the boys... Is, was going to load on YouTube, which I'm going to have to text him and remind him about that. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't because this will <laughs> bamboozle my political aspirations. That's okay. And I probably said something you don't want out there in, uh, in, in public. No doubt. All right, Rick. RJ from Mount Lebanon here locally. He's drafting this weekend, and he's planning on taking our advice and waiting till the later rounds for his quarterback. He was targeting Romo, but that's over, obviously. <laughs> you think? Who's the late-round QB that you think has the most upside? Well, I guess, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, it depends on who you're considering a late-round quarterback. Kirk Cousins comes to mind. He's a late-round quarterback. And I'll tell you one that, that I'm, I think a lot of people are sleeping on, and, and one of the guys made my top ten wide receivers. Somebody's got to throw it to him. That's Ryan Tannehill. 
I, th- yeah. I think Ryan Tannehill is poised for, for a much better year this year. I mean, I, I was looking for more out of him last year. He still went over 4,000 yards, but he's 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. Not bad, but certainly nothing you're going to write home about. Ryan Fitzpatrick's another late-round quarterback. He's got one a with number, ton of weapons. And he's one with number one potential, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I mean, I think those, to me, are – and it depends on who your late rounders are. Derek Carr could be poised for another There's big another year. One. I mean, he's not going up there with your Bortles, your no, Rodgers, no. Breeze, any of these guys. So, I mean, there's a ton of quarterbacks out there. And if you're if you're really late, I don't know how big this league is. He didn't say 12 team, 14 team. You know, if it's a 10 team league, you'd mm-hmm. be talking about Ben Roethlisberger late or something. If you're looking at a 14 team, you're waiting, you're looking for your starter. One guy a little deeper, and I mentioned him earlier, is Tyrod Taylor. I yeah. don't know what it is. There's something. I get a 2012 RG3 vibe from him going into this year. He's got the one-year deal. He's still trying to prove himself, got less money than he wanted. He's got weapons in Watkins and McCoy. I loved what I saw last year. If you get real late, I'd say Fitzpatrick's the A number one guy I'm targeting. You know, in a, your normal 12 team that I consider a late-round guy who could perform as a number one. Tyrod, I, I might stream him. I might get Fitzpatrick and Tyrod Taylor back-to-back rounds there, middle-late, and, and see, you know, I think Fitzpatrick's your safety valve and see if a Tyrod works out. But those are guys I'm looking at. I like the idea of Romo because people have forgotten about him and didn't trust him. You made that move, but unfortunately – when you, when you woke up two and a half hours Well, but later. I got him for a quarterback, too. Yeah, and you got him for nothing. I turned around and picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah he so, wasn't even drafted. You know, nothing. Jameis Winston, you know, 28 total touchdowns last year at Tampa Bay. Play. A lot of weapons See, in Tampa. See, that's the whole point, though, uh, RJ. We were, we've rattled off six or seven right now of yeah. guys who are late round or not even drafted that I'd feel comfortable if I build a strong enough team the rest of the way around. Right. I'd feel comfortable throwing in every week. Pick exactly. up two or three of them, hope you hit the hot hand. Exactly. You'll have a couple on your team. And, and you'll be able to play them. You'll figure out which one you want. Yeah. Just go with your gut. I yeah. mean, there's plenty to choose from. Yeah, no question about that. All right. Brian from Falls Church, Virginia. How do you feel about wide re- quarterback wide receiver hookups? I have the first overall pick, and I'm obviously taking A.B. I'm thinking about targeting Big Ben later in the draft. Is this a smart move? Yeah, it's a smart move. I'm in the Scott Fishbowl 480. I got that, that Antonio Brown-Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. hookup. Look, Ben's probably going to miss a couple of games. I mean, that's just his nature. And, and you can you pray that it's nothing significant and he maybe only misses one or two games. We saw what happened when Ben missed more than, what was it, four games, I guess, last yeah, year. four or five or parts of that. And, anyhow. you know, Antonio Brown, I mean, his, his numbers tanked. But it's still Antonio Brown. And when they got together, they were dynamic. So, yeah, it's not a bad move. But I caution you not to, not to reach for Roethlisberger just to get the that, hookup. That you, okay, get best player again. available. You know, we, if you're listening to the show, listen to what we said to RJ. There's a ton of quarterbacks out there. Don't reach for Roethlisberger just to get a hookup. I've seen guys go with the – Tom Brady, Randy Moss hookup a few years ago. And the Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson hookups. You know, it never seems to work out because what happens is you're getting these guys usually 
the receiver's one thing, but then they're always getting that quarterback earlier than they should. Right, right. And then what happens is they have a bad game. Okay, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody gets hurt, but you're lost again. Yeah. And, and, and it just goes on and on. So do not reach yeah, to that, get that hook That's up. exactly what I say. I am not opposed to it, and I don't avoid it. But what I'm not going to deliberately go out and seek it out either. So at wherever you decided the value in taking a quarterback is, fifth round, sixth round, seventh, eighth, I don't care what it is. Wherever you decide it is, you take the best available quarterback there. There's a good chance that winds up being Ben Roethlisberger. Then do your thing. Go with God. I'm fine with that. But if, I don't know, who could still be there, it gets kind of muddy after, for me, Newton, Rodgers, and Wilson. They, they sort of, Drew Brees is still there. I might take Drew. We could debate that. But Yeah, but on the same thing, if you've targeted Ben, just and I'm just throwing this out here, in the fifth round, and you stick to that and he goes three picks before you, don't panic. Because yeah. hey, probably, like you said, Breeze is probably there. Blake Bortles is I'm sure, probably there. Maybe Carson Palmer, something like that. You're going to get a good quarterback. Yeah. yeah so, so don't worry about it. So don't shy away from it if that's the right. way your draft board falls. But don't seek it out. Don't push it deliberately. Because your point, you're going to take that quarterback around too early. And anecdotally, it just never <laughs> works. It yeah. never works. All right. We got time for just a couple more here. Really? Is that it? Yeah, we got uh, – Ten minutes left. I can't believe that it's flown by that well, quickly. Hey, we're good. It just the the too much fun. Flows. It's the too much fun. But let's get flows. moving before we run out of time. All right, back to Pennsylvania. Adam from Reading says, injury concerns aside, what players do you think have the biggest bust potential this season? We haven't talked a lot about potential busts. That's a very good question. And um, yeah, injuries aside, well, I'm going to have to go with. Right off the bat, I'll have to just, you know, go back into my memory banks to my overvalued yeah, there you go. You know, article in the 2016 Fantasy Green <laughs> Fantasy Football. You can still get it on Amazon.com. So uh, what's his name from Reading? Yeah, uh, Adam. Yeah, Adam. You know, you might want to get on we there and get, get that. We need to get the draft guy now that we're on camera and just hold it up just the whole time. That's a good we'll point, just, yeah. <laughs> as you shamelessly shill for it every break. <sighs> Boy, I tell you what, there's uh, there there is, and I don't want to because I own some stock in this guy, but I could see um, Matt Forte. Yeah, could be a bust potential, and and I've got Matt Forte in some leagues, and in our league of consequence, I where well, I have him. I'm hoping he still has a lot of gas in the tank, but he's at that age. It's a new offense. It's a whole different scenario. There's one bust potential right it's there. It's rare that works, and that's what's scary. I had an opportunity to take Matt Forte in a draft last night. I believe I was in about the fifth round, which is pretty good. That's right about where his ADP was. And I shied away for that reason. You get the old – how often, how many times has it worked that you get the older running back – leaves town after many years, goes to another right. one. You, you see it with receivers more, quarterbacks more. Rarely, I, Thomas Jones is the last one I can think of going from the Bears to the Jets where it actually really worked out. When Tomlinson moved from San Diego, he was fine. He was all right, but he, yeah, wasn't, but, he wasn't right. even 
75% of Ladanian. He was 50% of Ladanian Thomas. Right. I could see Forte going very much the same way. My other big bust potential is Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. I'm. Look, he did a full season last year, and everybody, ah, oh, Jonathan Stewart. But he was still under 1,000 yards. <laughs> and that was his big breakout year. I mean, he didn't get hurt. That was the big celebration. He didn't get hurt. <laughs> That's pretty sad. Yeah, he played – 14 games right, or and, and I mean, it was a good year, don't get me wrong, but he had a paltry, I don't know, I think he's under 20 receptions. Yeah. On top of that. So, with his injury potential and lack, especially in PPR, eh, I'm staying away from John Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, guys I'm avoiding, a lot of them are guys we've talked about. They've come up, Keenan Allen, I think, has bust, bust potential as he sort of – you know, is working his way into the second round. I, I worry about that a little bit. We talked about Doug Baldwin. I think big time bust potential there, based on based on ADP where you're drafting him. Danny Woodhead's a guy that pops into mind a little bit. Again, but San Diego stinks. Now I, you're not paying a huge price for Woodhead, which right. is why I hesitate to to call him a bust. But you're going to take him. I think you're going to plug him in as a two. What seems to happen is he's getting drafted about a round early by somebody who's gone zero RB. And you figure this is a nice, safe number two guy in a PPR. Seemed to me his involvement in that offense declined as the year went on a little bit. San Diego's really bad. Melvin Gordon has looked good and has seen the bulk of the snaps, I think, with the number ones so far in the preseason. I'm going to put it this way. Based on nothing else, I think Melvin Gordon is set to break out this year, and I think that decreases significantly the value of Danny Woodhead to almost being that true third down back, which is a good place for him. He's going to have a spot on your team for bye weeks, but he's not going to be the number two running back he's produced as in the last year or two down there in San Diego. I agree. All right, let's move on. A few minutes, one question left, just enough time to answer it. Jesse from Cincinnati. Now this is a interesting question rick i'm glad we got to this one due to scheduling conflicts my home league will not be able to draft until the friday after the september 8th game between denver and carolina so that first game's on a thursday they can't draft till that friday there's a big debate on what we do with the players from those teams that have already played should their scores count for week one i've thought about this all day no you don't think i don't think so Who's playing? Denver and Carolina. Denver, Carolina. Yeah, there's a significant amount of players. Um, I don't know how you could have a legitimate schedule if you don't use these players exactly. as well. Um, it's It certainly can influence the draft. I would think. I mean, people will. Somebody's going to get sure. overvalued Say, for having it, a big week one. You know of course I mean? they are. And, I mean, I, boy, that, that is a weird question. It's kind of like that one we had, what, a couple of years ago where somebody died oh, yeah. in the league. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with their team? Yeah, what do you do with their team? <laughs> that um, was a good question. <laughs> but... Well, I don't know. If it, it first blush, I say no because it influences the draft. But then, how can you have a legitimate week one if Cam Newton, Greg Olson, Jonathan Stewart, 
Calvin Benjamin, Darren Funches, or Devin Funches. C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, there, there's six or seven. Right. There's six or seven pe- people that would have started otherwise. Uh, kickers, both defenses on these teams. Right. What if somebody it's, scores three defensive touchdowns? Right. Yeah, I, I – I don't think you can count them. I don't either, but how do you draft? Because you're going to have to draft. If you draft one of those two defenses, you're going to have to draft another one. It's a rare bird, and I highly recommend you not draft two defenses. (laughs) That is so, so And And there's a lot of guys that draft one quarterback. I'm one of those. And then wait till somebody gets hurt in a bye week, dump them, and then pick up a a guy for for that week. So if you can't play Cam Newton, okay, now, you know that throws this guy's draft off. Yeah, you know, you're it's, filling another spot with. It's a tough spot to be in. If I had to give a recommendation, I'm going to say no. Because going into it, it's almost like insider trading. Somebody, even if they overvalue somebody, somebody, somebody on Thursday night who wouldn't have been otherwise drafted or at least otherwise started is going to have a big game. Mm-hmm. But let's say it's somebody who wasn't going to be otherwise drafted. They're going to get drafted. They're going to get plugged into a week one lineup, yep. give somebody a win, and then immediately be cut the next week. They might hold on to them if they had one big week, but before long they're going to be cut. Yeah, what, ha- what happens if Fozzie Whitaker right, exactly. happens to Score break touchdowns. an 80-yard touchdown right. Run and then I don't know somewhere along the line in some freak third down screen pass breaks it for yet another right. touchdown. Somebody's going to draft him. He's going to be drafted. He's going to be started. He's going to win a team in week one, and he's going to be cut before week two. Comes you could in. make so the, it more negatively influences it the other direction. You could make the proviso that anybody anybody from this game drafted cannot be dropped before week three or four yeah. unless injury. Right. Something of that nature, but then you start getting ticky tack yeah. in your leg, which it shouldn't be. I, think I my my advice is schedule the damn thing in July next year, so you're not worried <laughs> about this. Yeah, well, I, I give them credit for sticking it out, I guess, in trying to get everybody together. I think you have to not count it because it influences. It can influence an entire game. And I actually think it makes it a little bit interesting from an outside perspective. I wouldn't want to have to be in this situation. But, boy, it, it jumbles things up, right? Cam Newton isn't going to go in the middle of the second round in this draft, I would think. He, he might may. if they get shut out. You could – well, <laughs> that's possible too. But what, um, I, I don't know. That, that, that's tough, but I guess you couldn't wait on those guys. It's going to bring other Emmanuel guys Emmanuel Sanders play. has 10 catches for 110 yards, two touchdowns, where, you know, he's not going early. No, no. In most drafts. No, certainly not. Yeah, so I don't know. My advice is this is a tough spot. My advice is going to be it doesn't count because you just somebody, two two owners are going to be able to steal wins in week one. They may not have otherwise had. So I think that's too influential in a 13 game season. All right, Rick. Well, that is it. We are out of time. Thanks so much for joining us here, AsylumFantasySports.com. Check us out on Twitter, at AsylumFootball, on the Facebook, Facebook.com slash AsylumFootball, I think. I think that's everything. Is that all the plugs? 
That's about it. All right. Arena Sports Network, baby. So we will be back next week. Full NFL preview starts and sits because next week is game week, baby, and we're ready to do it. You better believe it. So join the asylum. Uh, get your questions into the mailbag. Yes. And uh, don't forget, asylumfootball at gmail.com or at asylumfootball on Twitter. All right. This has been the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show exclusively on arenasportsnet.com and Arena Sports Net Radio. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Never enough meatloaf on the show, right? Meatloaf. We ever figure out what that is? What won't he do? Lose weight? I don't know. That's certainly (laughs) stop falling off the stage, (laughs) passing out on stage. That's like his favorite hobby after eating. I told you that story that I saw where he picked up Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre. He didn't even know who the guy was, and then a couple months later saw him in the paper over mass murder. Whoops. Yeah, ooh, man. All right, we got to go.